For people living with diabetes, kidney disease can be one of the most common complications. Better understanding of your kidney health can help you prevent or delay this complication and live a healthier life with diabetes. I'm Krista Lamb, and today on the Diabetes Canada podcast, I'll be talking to Dr. Andrew Advani, an endocrinologist and researcher from St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto, about his research into kidney disease and diabetes. Thank you for joining us on the show today, Andrew. Hi, Krista. It's uh, nice to be with you again. How are you? I'm well, thank you. And we're in the COVID time, so I'll warn everybody that we're recording remotely. So if there's a little bit of uh, background noise or any hiccups, apologies, but uh, such is the times now. So first and foremost, why don't you explain why are kidney complications so common for people with diabetes? Well, let's start by talking about the fact that for people living with diabetes, sometimes it's difficult to talk about or think about complications. But it's important to have these kinds of conversations because we know that there's a lot we can do to reduce the likelihood that a complication like kidney problems will occur. And it's important that if they do occur, that we identify them early because we have a lot of treatments available to us to stop uh, kidney problems progressing. So why are people with diabetes at increased risk of running into kidney health issues? Well, the first and most obvious reason is because diabetes is a problem where there are high sugar levels in the blood and high sugar levels can cause damage to the kidneys themselves. So it's important to control your sugar levels if you live with diabetes. But it's not just sugar levels. We know there is a genetic component to uh, kidney problems in diabetes. Some people seem to be more predisposed to developing kidney problems than some other people. And we know that blood pressure also, or high blood pressure, also increases the risk of kidney disease in diabetes. And lastly, people with diabetes sometimes have other health problems as well. And other health problems can compound and increase the risk that over the course of your lifetime, you may develop some form of kidney disease. But it's important also to emphasize that most people who do Many people will live long and healthy lives with diabetes and never run into any problems with their kidneys at all. And even if people do have early evidence of kidney damage, and that'll roughly be about four out of 10 people with diabetes during the course of their lifetime, this kidney damage is often quite minor and does not necessarily progress. And there's lots we can do to try and prevent it. And it's important to think about what we can do, which involves talking about treatment and something that we do called screening as well. And that kind of leads me to the next question, which is that people living with diabetes, they tend to have their kidneys checked regularly, or they should. And so what is the healthcare team looking for when they do this, and how can that help with your kidney health? So that's where I was talking about screening. When, if you're a person living with diabetes, you should be working with your healthcare provider who should be screening you at least every year to make sure that your kidneys are staying healthy. And there are two tests that we typically do when we're screening people with diabetes to check on the kidney health. One is a urine test and one is a blood test. The urine test, we're measuring small amounts of the protein that has leaked into the urine because the kidneys have these tiny filters in them. And if diabetes damages the kidneys, then it can cause damage to the tiny filters and small amounts of protein can leak into the urine. And that test that we typically do in Canada is something called albumin-creatinine ratio. It's a urine test and sometimes called an ACR and the normal value would be less than two. But also understand that this value varies a lot. So if you get a value that's slightly more than two, you know, it can go up to several hundred. Second test is a blood test. And there we're measuring something called an estimated glomerular filtration rate, 
or an EGFR, and that is telling you how well the kidneys are clearing the toxins from your blood. A normal value would be more than 90, but labs tend to talk about values being normal above 60. So your healthcare provider will initially be looking to see whether your number is above 60 or not. So those are the two screening tests we do, a urine test and a blood test, which should be done annually for most people living with diabetes. And I think for a lot of people, there's a real fear about developing these kind of complications. And you mentioned earlier that it's not necessarily something that everyone's going to get. And are there things that people living with diabetes can be doing to stay healthy and to avoid these kind of complications? Absolutely. We've got quite a lot of evidence um, from clinical trials over the years that there is a lot we can do to protect our kidneys and keep them healthy. One of the most important things is to make sure that blood sugar levels are controlled. So you should work with your healthcare provider, if you live with diabetes, to identify your own target for what your overall sugar level should be. You should try and maintain your blood sugar levels within that target range, below that target A1C, if you're working with an A1C target, for example. We also know that controlling blood pressure is important to keeping kidneys healthy. So if you live with diabetes and you do have high blood pressure, you need to be taking the medication that's being prescribed for you. Don't smoke cigarettes maintain a healthy diet and stay physically active. They're all important things to keep our health in general and also our kidney health. Um, and keep your appointments with your healthcare team because I have to say over the course of my practice, on the rare occasions I have seen people run into problems with their kidneys, it's often because they've sort of fallen away from the healthcare system and, um, it, and, and not been able to have that regular screening that we know is a good way of identifying if a problem is occurring and picking it up and addressing it quickly in a timely manner, which we know quite an effective way of slowing kidney damage if it does occur. And if someone does have kidney damage, are there things that they can be doing to stay healthier and to prevent it from getting worse? And I know a lot of people who have diabetes often fear, you know, a kidney transplant or things like that. Are there things that we can be doing to help them feel a little bit more comfortable? Yeah, so like I said at the outset, sometimes these are difficult conversations to have, but they are important conversations to have because there is actually a lot you can do if you live with diabetes to keep your kidneys healthy. And if your healthcare provider says that there's evidence that the kidneys may have been affected by diabetes, there is a lot you can do to prevent that from what we call progressing. Like I said, in terms of stopping kidney disease happening, Controlling sugar levels is a very good way of slowing the progression of kidney disease. If your healthcare provider has identified that there may be a problem with your kidneys, then they'll probably recommend a particular type of blood pressure medication. These medications are called either ACE inhibitors or angiotensin II receptor blockers. They often have names that end in, if it's an ACE inhibitor, it'll typically end in a name that ends with pril. And if it's an angiotensin II receptor blocker, it'll often be end with an ARTAN. And those are blood pressure medications that have also been shown to independently protect the kidneys from damage in people living with diabetes. As well as that, there's a new class of medications. It's also a pill that's commonly used for treating to lower glucose levels in people living with type 2 diabetes. That's called an SGLT2 inhibitor. These have names that end clozin, and those medications have also been shown to slow the progression of kidney damage in some people who live with diabetes. So we know that controlling blood sugar, controlling blood pressure, particularly with some agents like ACE inhibitors and angiotensin II receptor blockers, and SGLT2 inhibitors 
in some people are all effective ways of slowing the progression of kidney disease. There's one other thing that I want to touch on here as well. There's a concept that we have in diabetes care, which is called six-day rule. And this is the concept that sometimes the medications you've been prescribed for another reason, normally they're doing their job at keeping you and your body healthy. But sometimes if you get sick for another reason, for example, a flu or gastroenteritis, then those uh, pills can be potentially harmful in that setting. And we recommend that you don't take those medications on the, on the days when you're sick until you start feeling better again. So you should talk to your healthcare provider about six-day rules and which medications that you may be taking that you should discontinue on six days. And so that's really interesting. And can you tell me a little bit, because you don't just work as an endocrinologist, you're also a researcher and you look at kidney health and kidney complications. So can you tell us a little bit about the research that you do? That's right, Krista. So I have a research lab here at St. Michael's Hospital and our research team is looking at new treatments to try and stop the development or slow the progression of kidney damage in diabetes. And We've got a number of exciting uh, lines that we're working on, including moving into an area called single cell. And that's the idea of being able to analyze kidneys right down to the to individual cells that make up the kidneys and how they function individually. So that's a new area that we're moving into that's very exciting. And one of the other areas that we've started thinking a lot about is something that's known as acute kidney injury. Now, typically when people thought about kidneys in diabetes, they thought that if your kidneys were going to become damaged by diabetes, then the kidney progression would follow in a series of stages leading up to kidney failure. However, people now know that there's a lot of different ways that kidney damage can occur in diabetes that doesn't necessarily follow that traditional path. And one of the things that we've identified is that it's possible for people to develop a sudden worsening of their kidney function when they get sick for another reason, or if, for example, they have major surgery. And that's called acute kidney injury. And that occurs much more commonly in people living with diabetes than people who don't have diabetes. So at the end of last year, I actually wrote a piece for a journal called Diabetes about that we should be recognizing that acute kidney injury is a complication of diabetes. And that we're, look, we're thinking that if we can turn the spotlight onto addressing these moments in a person's life may, where they may have a sudden worsening of their kidney function, then we may be able to open up new treatment opportunities that haven't been explored before to develop new treatments to help people with diabetes live long, healthy lives with healthy kidneys. And that is always a really great thing. So thank you for telling us a little bit about that research. And what are some of the other results that you're seeing in kidney health? Is there anything else exciting that you can tell us about that you're working on? Well, an area that our lab has been interested in for a while is something called epigenetics. And epigenetics describes the way in which cells use DNA within the cells to code for the proteins in the cells, which are the workhorses in the cells, but in the way that the DNA is packaged together within the nucleus of a cell, which is like its control center. And we discovered that in diabetes, there can be like stop and go traffic signals. So a cell may want to turn on a set of proteins to perform a particular function, like a go traffic signal, and then it may want to turn off those proteins again, like a stop traffic signal. And we worked out that in diabetes, there are epigenetic mistakes. A stop signal turns to go again, and the cell stops making damaging proteins. And we're working on developing new treatments that reverse 
those epigenetic mistakes and turn the go signal back to stop again as a potential novel way of uh, treating kidney disease and diabetes. These things are so interesting. And one of the things that I always find is sometimes when you have this great research that you're doing, you don't really get to tell the average person about it. But your team has worked on some really interesting ways to translate that research and to get it out to the population, not particularly with this study yet, but just in general with some of the work that you're doing. You've used social media and you've used video and different techniques like that. Can you tell me why that's so important to you? Yeah, I think it's really important, Chris, that the research that we conduct is driven by the questions that people living with diabetes are asking and want to address. And I think it's important that we enter into a discussion and dialogue about identifying research priorities and about sharing our results in a way that is accessible to people living with diabetes. So rather than sort of the conventional way of sharing our research, which we do in the form of presenting at meetings and publishing in international journals, we're also trying to reach out to broader audiences to share our research findings. And you're right, we're using social media a little bit. So one of those areas is we have a number of videos on YouTube. They've been made in partnership with a a friend and colleague of mine, Janet Parsons, and they go by the name of Diabite Size, and they're about three to four minutes long. And they just tell you a little bit about some issues related to diabetes. For example, we've got one on kidney health, one on eye health, one on hypoglycemia, and one on a condition called diabetic ketoacidosis. And they've been generally reasonably well received. We've got uh, close to about a quarter of a million views on YouTube, so check those out. And also during the course of the pandemic, one of the things that our diabetes care team found was that we wanted to be able to reach out to people living with diabetes, but who may feel that they can't access the healthcare system in the way they would normally would have done before the pandemic. As I say that, I really want to emphasize that we are open for business. I'm talking to you now from my office in the hospital. And if you have diabetes or another health problem and you're worried, you should go and see your healthcare provider. We are here for you. Some people, however, we want to try and reach out in, in other ways. And one of the ways we're doing that is through Instagram. So recently, our diabetes care team set up an Instagram account. It's at St. Mike's Diabetes. And uh, frankly, it's a lot of fun. It's a way for us to have a little bit of discourse with people living with diabetes during the pandemic. And I'm learning a tremendous amount from my nurse, dietitian, and social worker colleagues, and also from people living with diabetes about how they're managing their, their lives and uh, what, what their priorities are at the morning. So check us out on Instagram as well, at St. Mike's Diabetes. Excellent. So it's really cool to talk about some of the fun things that you're doing and some of the really interesting ways that people can access information about kidney health and their general diabetes and all of the things that you have going on. So thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I really appreciate it, Dr. Advani. Thanks for your time, Krista. I'm Krista Lamb, and you've been listening to the Diabetes Canada podcast. If you have questions or comments about this topic, you can reach us at info at diabetes.ca or on all the usual social media channels at Diabetes Canada. Like the show, hit subscribe in the podcast provider of your choice and take a moment to rate or review the show. It really does help other people find us. Thanks for listening.